When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Matt Lenehan for Boxing Social in association with Forged Irish Stout, Empire Fight Store and Freebets.com. Delighted as always to be joined by Gareth A. Davis. Gareth, it's been a while since we've caught up. How are we, bud? Oh, very well indeed, thank you. Nice little 20-mile ride today. Um, nice sunny day. Um, before writing a few pieces, did a big piece of Bob Arum uh, over the weekend. It's in the Sunday Telegraph today about Saudi Arabia becoming um, the new Las Vegas in terms of a destination for big-time boxing. Uh Uh, Talking to Bob about 60 years of of heavyweight boxing in Las Vegas. Fascinating. Going back to all all the way to Sonny Liston and Floyd Patterson, believe it or not, in 1961 when he was a newly minted Harvard lawyer. Um, asked to uh, withdraw the funds that were made from the fight because of racketeering at the time. Um, and obviously, it led to him meeting Muhammad Ali um, a couple of years later. And um, obviously, the rest is history. Muhammad Ali, all the big fights, you know, the, the great middleweights, the four kings uh, through the 80s, Floyd Mayweather, Oscar De La Hoya, I, I could go on, Manny Pacquiao. Yeah. Uh, Tyson Fury today, all these great fighters who he had a hand in, but talking specifically about how the electronic ages have changed. Um, and, you know, I think he's right. I mean, I don't think there's much doubt about it that uh, His Excellency Turkey Al Sheikh, the General Entertainment Authority, the Riyadh season, they want to become um, the go to destination globally for sports and entertainment for what is it, you know, five and a half months of the year. Um, and it's a fascinating time to be involved in all of that. So it's always good to ta- catch up with Bob. Nice 56-minute interview that's coming out later, as well as a as a um, as a YouTube um, uh, podcast or vodcast, as, as whatever you call it. But I'm very well, thank you. Nice little 20-mile ride today because the sun was out. Uh, a bit of packing, a couple more stories to write. Just writing a piece about Deontay Wilder and his uh, ayahuasca retreat yeah. while he's been away for the Telegraph for tomorrow. Um, and but really looking forward to next week and barely slept all weekend with talk sports shows and up through the night watching uh, um, Sonny Edwards and Bam Rodriguez or Rodriguez and Edwards, uh, the UFC event in Las Vegas um, and catching up uh, with uh, Josh Kelly's performance as well in Sunderland. It's been a it's been an interesting weekend. We'll come on to Saudi Arabia shortly and we're both going to be there, but let's just talk about Bam Rodriguez um, versus Sonny Edwards. Um, Bam Rodriguez with that performance, I think he was in many people's eyes, but pound for pound, you know, he's he, he's an exceptional fighter. And um, Sonny Edwards with a with a good performance. Just give me your sort of initial reaction to the fight, the stoppage, 
um, and what you made of it. Um, it was a really entertaining fight. It wasn't the fight many of us were expecting. Sonny Edwards seemed to have eschewed the idea of his normal movement um, and planted his feet from the from the get go. Um, whether that was the game plan and they wanted to try and get Bam's respect early and then move, that didn't happen. And he ended up in a in a in a dogfight, which suited Bam Rodriguez. I thought Rodriguez was fantastic. I thought um, Sonny Edwards was magnanimous afterwards. I think he was very honest. I think he I think he did have problems with the eye. There's no question about it from early in the fight. Um, fought the wrong fight. And I'm just saying that from my armchair with hindsight. Um, I think if he fought him again, he'd do it in a different way. Um, you know, that movement we've seen in his last five fights in the world title fights, in which he's fought opponents, by the way, with records of 120 wins and five losses if you accumulate those five guys. And he was phenomenal in all those fights. And he was <clears throat> hit and not be hit in all of them. Last night, he was hit and hit. Um, he was taking one to... He was taking two to give one. So it, it was a choice. Even Grant Smith in his corner was was urging him to, to get on his feet and get on his bike and move a little bit. Um, but it wasn't going to happen. It was a small ring as well, remember, I think. Yeah. I'm From memory, Bam had asked for a 16-foot ring, I think it was. Um, <laughs> but it, but the, the, it, Bam Rodriguez proved how very, very good he is. I mean, obviously, he's got a win over um, Ring Versailles. Uh, the Thai fighter who'd beaten Chocolatito once, and I think lost once as well to Chocolatito the first time in New York, um, even though he got that victory. He's a very accomplished, very uh, young fighter with a lot of power. 12 knockouts now from 21, or 12 stoppages from 21 fights. Um, Sonny seemed disappointed afterwards, but without his spirit broken. And I really like that about him. I think he's a very strong character. He'll be in a lot of emotional pain, um, maybe even spiritual pain afterwards, certainly physical pain, as, as if that orbital socket is broken. Will he be the same fighter again? I think he probably will, but he'll be a different one when he comes back. But it's a very entertaining fight um, because you just wondered, uh, my scorecard's over there. I think from rounds four onwards, I've had Bam dominating I think I had him up 98-92 at the end. I think that's what I had it. Um, uh, it would have been 98. Let me just check. Let me get it. Yeah, no worries. No. got so much paperwork here from notes at the weekend and stuff I'm doing. I had it 88-82 with an eight, a 10-8 round at the end of that ninth. Yeah. Um, but it, it, it was, you know, Bam Rodriguez now goes on to face Estrada, Estrada to face Chocolatito, if, if, those, if those guys want to fight him. Um, yeah, I had the first round very close. I had Edwards winning three and four, and then I thought Bam took over. Um, I gave Bam the second as well. Um I don't know what more to say. I mean, I, I, I just think my top line is Sonny fought the wrong fight, but maybe that was as a result of that eye damaged in the second round. I'm just about to say, um, you see a lot of fighters when, obviously nobody expects Sonny to come walking forward and, you know, start, you know, meeting fire with fire. I was just about to say, did you think 
that because of the eye, you just thought, you know what, I've not got much choice here. If I continuously move and he maybe starts seeing two of him and he's moving at a high pace, it might just be easier to maybe plant his feet and have a bit of a go. Could have played a factor. Yeah, definitely. But we didn't see him do what he normally does at all. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was quite surprising. I think he had a go at it at about rounds five and six. And I certainly remember Grant Smith urging him to to not stand and trade because he was getting hit too much. And I remember Grant saying, are you listening to me? Are you getting this? You're losing these rounds. Um, but um, look, these things happen. Um, as, as Sonny Edwards said himself, Matt, um, I lost to the better man on the night. And that is exactly what happened. I have to say as well, the way he conducted himself after the fight, like you mentioned there, um, in a day and age where we see all sorts in post-fights, I think if there's a way to do it, that was that was probably the right way to do it. What did you make of the spot, the stoppage specifically? Um, the right choice. I know everyone online was saying, you know, great call by um, by Grant Smith. I think there's all, there's a conversation. I'm sorry, I don't, nobody knows what's said between um, Sonny and Grant, and then it's it's waved off. What what did you make of the stoppage? I think it was they had a, a very quick chat. I think Grant was asking him if he was okay, or maybe could he see properly, and he said no, and that was enough. It was off. Um, I mean, I. Didn't really want him to come out for another round. He's very hurt at the end of that ninth. Um, and it was, you know, very much the end of the round. And I, and I think he would have taken a lot of punishment. Um, as it was, he was slowly taking more and more punishment through um, rounds seven, eight and nine. I mean, it, it was consistent as well. He tried to rally, but he wasn't really putting a dent in, in Rodriguez. That was the problem. And I think, that was his whole problem all the way through that that he didn't hurt Rodriguez, um, certainly not visibly. Yet. Anyway, Matt. Well, look, he's gonna he's gonna I suppose it's not a big rebuilding job. He's, he knows he belongs at that level. It was competitive, although Bam did win the rounds, but and Bam will bounce onto your Estradas, Chocolatitos. Um, moving away from that, um, just want to ask you: We know that this Conor Ben fight and Chris Eubank Junior fight is seemingly fallen through for whatever reason. I know Eddie Hearn sort of hinted, look, this is about money. He's asking for too much money. Um, Connor's had his say. But now we're hearing a lot of talk about Connor Ben and Devin Haney. Um, Devin's just won a title at 140. Has always talked about going to 147. It is a huge fight in the UK. But what do you what do you make of that sudden shift from Chris Eubank Jr. To you know, to a to a Devin Haney with Connor who's not had a lot of activity over the past eighteen months. What do you make of it? Well, um, I spoke to um Calisowland last night. He wasn't giving very much away, but um, they just couldn't, for their own reasons, get that Chris Eubank fight over the line. They had their own reasons for it. It could come down to the amounts of money. I bet he was asking for upwards or up to about six million, is my guess, for that fight, and uh, maybe even more. Um, there would have been reservations about what happened to his British Boxing Board of Control license, obviously because the board weren't going to sanction um, Conor Ben fighting right now in the UK, certainly in February at Tottenham Hotspur Stadium. Um, so, um, I mean, and obviously Eubank had uh, also had a pop at his promoter, Kala, about he thought he was going to be fighting Yannibek Alim Kanuli now. But, but Kala said, it's very odd that some tweet aimed at him because um, he said that Kala never gets tagged into um, 
into into Chris's uh, tweets. So that was interesting. Um, so Calla was saying it was a bit of an odd one. Um, as for Connor Ben, that's an obvious top line from Eddie Hearn to say, look, look what Devin Haney's just done against Regis Progo, where he showed the beginnings of greatness. And I'd love to see him fight Teofimo Lopez, um, Tank Davis, Ryan Garcia, and notably, notably Teo, but also Shaka Stevenson in the next two years. Those are the fights to make in America. They need big fights there right now, in my view. And those are the very, very big fights. Um, the Devin Haney, Connor Ben fight, that is throwing, in my view, that's throwing Connor to the wolves. And yet, um, if they want to bring Devin, o Devin Haney over, I think he'd be a massive star over here. I've already spoken to Bill Haney and said that to him. Remember when we were out in New York for Tio Lopez and, um, and Josh Taylor, I had a long chat to Bill Haney and I said, you really should bring Devin to the UK to fight because he's loved and very well respected. The fans would really, really take to him as they would if Deontay Wilder fought here, by the way. Um, and I've told Deontay this, uh, not that they should listen to me, but it's a fact they would be loved over here fighting. Deontay could have five fights in a row over here. So could Devin if he wanted them. Um, but I think that's a very tough fight for Conor Ben. It, but but the style matchup is a really good one. I love the idea of Conor Ben coming forward um, and and fighting the guy at welterweight as well. Devon coming up another division. Devon might see that as a fight that he would relish. Conor's not proven at world class. I think it's again it, it's a fight that sells out a stadium. But I think it will be an unlicensed one in terms of the boxing border control. It'll probably be licensed by another authority here in the UK. I like it. I like it. But it, it's a tough one for Conor Ben. But I'd love to see him pitting his all against Devin Haney. I see Haney being the matador to the bull. Yeah. Do you think um, now Devin Haney's moved up in weight? I saw it. I was ringside for it. It seemed um, notably so as well, a different Devin Haney. One that's more sure of his power, one that's more sure of himself. Regis Progre, everyone knows, in that division, every, every the last thing to go is power, and he's he has got that power, and Devin seemed to be able to assert himself at that higher weight. Do you think that's the appeal point now for Devin? He'll start bringing them extra fans in now. I mean, he's been, you know, a little bit criticised in the past, or he doesn't really punch hard, but he's he, he showed, look, you, you, you won't walk me down kind of thing. Um, is, do you, would you like to see him come to the UK and start maybe a bit of a tour, do a couple of fights here? Absolutely. It's very naive to think that all fighters have to do is stop other fighters. Look yeah. what Floyd Mayweather did for years and years. We appreciated his artistry. He's the best boxer I've seen live in my time covering it. De definitely pure boxer. Um, what Floyd was capable of doing was extraordinary. And we're beginning to see some of those shapes from Devin Haney and the beginnings of greatness. And as I say, if he can beat those four guys I just mentioned, Lope, Lo yeah, exactly. It would be incredible. Um, but they will probably spread them out in between. So that's probably eight fights in all. I think as Devin goes through his 20s now and um, and gets to 30, he'll probably go up to welterweight and even light middleweight um, or, or, or super welterweight, as it's called now, 154 pounds. Because physically, look at his jawline, you look at his neck, you look at his upper body, which is very large. He's got broad back. Um, and he's, is he 24 still, isn't he? You yeah. know? Yeah. Um, so he's been around forever, you know. This is a guy, remember, who's a promoter at the age of 20. He yeah. became a promoter. He turned pro in Mexico at 16. So 
you know, he's very advanced in, in where he needs to be. Um, yeah, I think we've, we, we are now, we've seen the beginnings of greatness and we've seen that he's been starving himself to fight at lightweight, 135 pounds. And he looked a much bigger man. I think there was talk of him being 168 pounds when he stepped into the ring um, against Regis Progress. That can't be right, though. That Well, it, it could be right, but it isn't right in my view. Yeah, um, I think... I think I read somewhere 165, but you know, between oh, still 65. Sorry, well, that's a lot three, of short of of what Carl Froch used and Andre Ward used to fight at. Come on, that's what I mean. But did you see the back and forth between himself, way in it, rather? Yeah, himself and uh, Javante Tank Davis have had a back and forth, but with Devon moving up now and wanting to go 147, how does this? How do they find that balance? Because Tanks obviously operating a bit lower. So how do they find the balance? Catch weight and have a mega fight? How does it work? Well, I, I think Haney will force them to come up and meet him at welterweight, in my view, um, as he goes on. Shaka Stevenson might have to fight him at 140. Tank Davis might have to fight him at 140 or even at, or even at welterweight if he's gone up there already. But those are two fights that we almost must see before this era. So it really reminds me of uh, that period where we had... Um, 140 pounders, or were they all welterweights? Yeah, they were. They were welterweights at the time. Errol Spence, Terence Crawford, Sean Porter, Keith Thurman, um, Ryan, Ryan, not Ryan Garcia, um, Danny Garcia. There was a group of them. Even Amir Khan was in that mix as well. This is like four years ago, perhaps five years ago, um, when they all should have fought each other. They almost all did fight each other, which is a great thing. We just waited a very, very long time. That Spencer Crawford fight this year. I'm picking Devin Haney, by the way, as my. I think he's the fighter of the year for the for the Cambosos for the for the um, for that performance for the performance against Vasil Lomachenko, in which I had him winning seven rounds to five, and also for this performance. I think he's I think he's the guy of the year for me, and uh, um, maybe Katie Taylor for her comeback against Chantel Cameron. Yeah, not a bad shout. I won't, won't argue with you there at all. Um, let's quickly just touch on um, John Fury. Um, there's been some comments made. Um, I spoke to him the other day, interview to come out to, on Monday, by the way. Um, mm-hmm. He made comments regarding Tyson Fury, and he said, look, I've been you know, clickbaited and misquoted before. I've never said Tyson's on the decline. But he did highlight question marks over preparation, for instance, saying, look, if we're having this long to train this fighter, and then he looks like this on the scales, you know. What he, he's basically putting into question the the team around him and what's what they're actually getting out of Tyson. It's quite. Do you find that quite concerning from like the dad's point of view, where he feels like maybe you know the right things aren't being done because he's between a rock and a hard place. Sugar's his trainer. He's trying to get him ready for the fight, and you feel like do you feel like he feels like he's not having the the input that he wants? Well, I, I haven't heard the interview, so I don't really want to comment on... Um, I, I'd like to know accurately what he said, but what I'll say this about John is John has a great handle on Tyson Fury. He always knows where Tyson is mentally, physically, emotionally. Um, he's got his best interests at heart. I mean, I can remember talking to John before where John has said, um, after that last Wilder fight, for example... Um, I'd love to see Tyson retire now and walk away. He's got his child's health 
for one in his mind. He's got legacy of the Fury family in his mind as well. Yeah. Um, we know, obviously, it didn't go right on the night against Francis Ngannou. That was one of his worst performances. Um, you know, it was a shocking um, fight in, in lots of ways. You know, Tyson Fury would have suffered some shocks in that fight. He won it on points, in my view, if you're scoring it. Um, Nagano did very well on the eye test, the eighth round assault, the third round knockdown. Um, jo John, I think more than anything, I'm happy when John says those things because it means he's very focused on what Fury's doing. Um, and, and I think that's a good thing for Tyson Fury. Alexander Usyk is a problematic opponent for Tyson. Um, this could be a standoff chess match. Um, Tyson could be a Tyson could be aging. We don't know. Um, you know, he's thirty five now. Um, he's had a long career. He's probably only got maximum two or three fights left. Um, so I know I think it's good that John's raising all those things that you mentioned because all he's doing is he's very honest about these things, John. And I think Fury really needs to if he's really on his game against Alexander Usyk, I think it'll be a close fight that Tyson Fury wins. If um, Tyson Fury is really on his game and goes after Alexander Usyk, I think he'll stop him, or I think he'll win, e not easily, but I think he'll win comprehensively. If it's um, a very fascinating fencing and chess match, I think it's going to be a very close fight. I'm already on record as saying that it something in me is saying if they box like that, it might well end up being an, a weird, controversial split draw, and they'll yeah. do it again. Um, I believe they've signed for two fights anyway. Um, they're both earning extraordinary amounts of money. We hear. Um, no, I, I'm 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 always happy when John makes a comment about Tyson not having enough time, as he said the other day, or. Um, it's because he's got genuine concerns about his his son's next performance. I think it's a good thing, Matt. You know, well, look, we've um we've covered quite a bit there. I think what we'll do is we'll put a pin in it for now because we're going to be in Riyadh very very soon, and we'll have a bit of a further catch up there, and we'll see how everything's going to pan out with two huge main events there: in Deontay Wilder, Joseph Parker, Joshua Wallin. Uh, plenty to digest and take in. So look. Um, Gareth, as always, appreciate your time. Thanks for taking time out of your day, and we'll catch up in a day or so. Absolutely. Let's have a chat after the red carpet on Tuesday night, do an interview then. 100%. Gareth, appreciate it, bud. Cheers. We need to think of a new advert for freebets.com. Get your best betting offers from freebets.com. Yeah, that'll do. The following deals are now live. Sports Social Podcast Network.